Welcome to the 101st edition of Make Pro Wrestling with Jesse again. I am still your Majestic Champion, Tiger Height. And I'm Peanut Gallery. So, uh, we're talking about a subject that Peanut Gallery only touched on us briefly, but before we get into it, I need to get on my soapbox because there is a lot to talk about, and one of them is actually a topic. Let's Yay! start with Raw. Obviously, the World Heavyweight Champion, but... It was a 1.815 million viewers, but same as last week, and it was a 0.56 demo instead of a 0.58, and it was ranked number four, but that's because of NBA playoffs. And then there was um, uh, there was a uh, something or another. It was like four million viewers. It was insane. So uh, Cody Rhodes and Finn Balor's segment was good. It set up a match with some good wrestlers. Short, sweet, to the point. The Bloodline versus the LWO was a good opener, but the LWO needs to win something because they just look like a bunch of losers every single time they lose. Street Profits and Alexander and Benjamin was fine. No momentum gained, but nothing lost. And let's talk about the belt fairly briefly here because we're going to cover it in depth later. It was needed. And people are worried that this is going to be the consolation prize to the undisputed champion. But the thing is that they've already done this in 2002. Literally the same situation. Undisputed champion goes on SmackDown. They introduce a world heavyweight champion for Raw. This is nothing new. This is nothing different. The belt looks great. The announcement was so needed and people are hyped for it. Uh, the fact that Coldaholic think that everybody hates it is ridiculous. I don't think I saw a bad thing no. as it relates to this. Uh, people comparing it to the AEW World Champion, you are delusional. So, uh, let's just move on from that. I just kind of wanted to rant. <laughs> um, damage Control, Belair, Liv Morgan, and Raquel Rodriguez was a nothing six-woman tag. Uh, it does nothing to promote Belair and Sky, and it totally missed the mark on doing so. The brawl between Theory, Lashley, and Bronson was good. It was lots of action. Nobody looked bad, and Bronson standing tall was good because he's the one who needs the most help within this triple threat. Mm -hmm. uh, Chad Gable and Mustafa Ali was a nothing. It was bland. It was blah. If you, if Mustafa is so bad that he made Chad Gable look weak. <laughs> Cody Rhodes and Finn Balor as a match was a fun Raw match. Cody is really starting to build his momentum back, and because of the World Heavyweight Champion, I think we know who. Who's going to be that champion? I wasn't sure about Rollins versus Omos match when they announced it for Backlash, but given their interaction here, I'm actually hyped for it. They somehow managed to gain my interest slightly into this match. We still have another week. Let's see what they do with it. And finally, Damian Priest and Rey Mysterio. It was a fun main event, and the ending was fine. Bad Bunny challenging got a huge pop, but Bad Bunny always gets it mm -hmm. because it is Bad Bunny, and right now he is the hottest thing in music. Yeah, pretty Just, much. Just like literally in the world. Nobody right. is touching him. Spanish, English, no matter what. Let's go into spring break and actually got a big boost. It was 647K viewers next to 565K. And it was a .18 demo instead of .14, and it was ranked number 14 on the top 150. So overall, positive. Mm -hmm. uh, the truck match was fine. It was a way to write off Pretty Deadly from NXT because they are going to be going to the main roster. I think they're probably going to SmackDown, mm -hmm. um, to what I've heard. Uh, Braun Breaker in this heel turn was desperately needed. He feels intense. He looks great. The explosiveness is there. And his crowd reaction is so much better. I feel like he should have been a heel, but you know what? They had the baby face run right. with him. Let's see how he does as a heel. Yep. Cora Jade and uh, Lyra Valkyria was meh. That's all I have to say about it. 
Carmelo Hayes and Grayson Waller's match did not feel like a big deal, but it should have been a big deal. Mm. It just didn't have that oomph into it. Right. Uh, we finally have Braun Breaker going after Hayes. Thank God, because that was a weird little break between that, ironically speaking. <laughs> so, uh, the churn of uh, Jensen and uh, um, the churn between Brooks Jensen and Kiana James felt rushed and it was weird. Um, I did like the Briggs and Jensen. They kind of had like a moment and people lost their minds. But is this really it for this rivalry? It just feels like it finally started to gain something right. new, but nope, it just died. Um, Oda Femi, one of the guys from the NIL program, he is super impressive. I like his moveset. He has a great, he has great presence in the ring, and he's just gonna get better. And that's the thing that we gotta, we gotta strike when the iron is hot with this Oda Femi guy. Right. Um, I don't remember where he was from, but what I saw from him was incredibly impressive. So very, very happy to see that. And finally, Indy Hartwell. Her with this leg injury, is it a legit leg injury? Did I don't, you see I don't, anything? I don't know. I didn't see anything. But she was hurting with her ankle, and then when she was called up, she had a, um, she had a, um, uh, a brace. A brace. So, what is the severity of the injury if there's an right. injury at all? Um, Indy Hartwell being the NXT Women's Champion is not clicking as I thought it was going to be. I don't think either. it's clicking with WWE internally either. So. Yeah, it's it's very strange. You would think that they would actually have that. Right. Oh, AEW. They oh, actually had okay. somewhat of a boost, um, at least as a part of viewers, but not as part of demo. So it was 863K viewers next to 830K, and there was a .28, which was exactly the same as last week, and it was a number nine in the top 150. There you go. Orange Cassidy and Bandito had the best match of the entire show, and it was still kind of meh. This title is still useless. They continue to put it on the line like it's something big, but it's never anything big. Jeff Jarrett beating Dax Harwood was just ridiculous. This had, <laughs> this had to have been punishment for the Dax Harwood podcast. Like, literally. It probably was. And Jeff Jarrett, of course, with his political poll in AEW. Right. They're going to beat these people for these titles. Was it Was it worth it here, FTR, of signing another four-year deal? Was it really worth right. it? Was the money really worth it for making look like a bunch of fools? Like, seriously. Um, Tony Khan, once again, taking advantage of a dead wrestler, uh, bringing back the Owen Hart Memorial Battle Royal Tournament, whatever it is. Um, I, I just don't care i don't and it's like oh we're gonna have a new announcement every week because when you don't have an announcement you have 830k right. people watching and the ratings continue to fall yep the only reason is because of the announcement and i think statistics prove that every single time wrestlenomics people watch them on uh, Twitter or their website. One of the two. I don't like the website, though. Uh, Wardlow's matches are now kind of death. Now they're dragging Luchasaurus and Christian into it. Eh, I'm I'm going to be optimistic about it because at least it's not Powerhouse Hobbs. They already true. buried him to hell. His whole Four Pillars tournament was a colossal waste of time. Sammy Guevara winning, and then they're going to be doing a tag team match next. And week. you know that, and you know that the you know that's going to become a fatal four way. What was the point? Of this, there was well, no point. There was no point of this. If you were going to do a tournament, do an actual tournament. Yep. Instead of oh, the this person has a buy, 
and then these two wrestle, and then those two will wrestle for this. That is not a tournament. That is not what a tournament is. Right. Have actual stars within it, and then have all four of them actually beat, or actually three of them beat big names like Moxley, like Omega, right. like Jericho. That would at least... At least then you can build some credibility around them. Exactly. And as, and as it sits right now, not a single person within this match, other than MJF, who is the champion, has any credibility. The only one who might have a skosh is Darby Allen. Right. Because at least he picks up wins. But Sammy Guevara, barely anything. Jungle Boy just got out of the Christian rivalry, and his momentum died immediately because he was off of TV for a while. Right. Um, at the very least, there was good crowd reactions from Darby. Yeah. And it's like he's really the only one that I could vehemently see that. Uh, Guevara does not have anything as it relates to it. At least Jungle Boy gets good reaction. Right. People like him. So I would rather have the triple threat, but they want to push Sammy for some reason. I'm pretty sure it's because Ty Mello was fucking Tony Khan's toy. Not probably. So Adam Cole's promo sucked. It did not feel authentic. It felt boring. Uh, Jericho Appreciation Society attacking everybody was bad. Orange Cassidy Bandito is helping Adam Cole. Why? When? Huh? Roderick Strong coming in. Does anybody care? No. Nope. Because Kyle O'Reilly's hurt. Bobby Fish is already out of the company. You don't have all the members of Undisputed Era. Right. That's literally when they were their hypest. Yeah. There was no point in time. Ring of Honor, nowhere, that they were bigger than in NXT. Right. Undisputed Era was running wrestling. Pretty and much. And now they're just like doing nothing. Anyway, uh, the, the whole dynamite was a colossal mess. Let's talk about Impact because Impact was kind of a weird one. Uh-huh. Didn't you miss? Uh, didn't you miss uh, Cargill Valkyrie? Yeah, you you missed a whole oh, yeah. sentence. Ugh. I guess I didn't want to actually look it up. Yeah, uh, Jade Cargill and Taya Valkyrie's TBS Champion match was absolutely embarrassing. <laughs> uh, the it was disjointed. It didn't make any sense. And the fact that Taya went for the move at least three times that she was not allowed to use for some reason, and then this roll up was so. Poorly done. Taya's done in this company. Like she, <laughs> she wrestled her, one match and she's already done. Oh no no no! She didn't. She was wrestling on um, uh, Rampage. Oh, so she was beating nobodies on Rampage ah. instead of actually beating people and looking like a credible threat to Jade. She's losing mm-hmm. and lost, and she just lost clean middle of the ring. Looks like a dork. Done. Anyway, let's go to him. And then what about Omega? And you, you missed, like, that whole match, too. Oh, yes, that's right, yeah. Remember uh, remember, I, remember how Butcher and Blade were in the main event? You were talking oh, to me about that? yeah, that's right, yeah. Because I thought, because the one that made sense was actually Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen. yes. Kenny Omega and Kanosuke Takeshka took on Butcher and Blade in the main event. How is that the main bleeping event to the point where I almost forgot that was the main event of anything? <laughs> that is so embarrassingly bad. There's nothing there. Why was that the main event? I guess because the Four Pillars Tournament Final whatever should have been the main event. Yeah. Because then the world champion can look good. But no, it was like the third match on the fucking card. Yep. Who cares? Like that, that's your world champion number one contender. In, like, the middle of the show. Right. Instead of the main event where they should be. Yeah. Huh. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know what the hell happened there. I just punched that thing to death. Maybe I was pissed off that I just punched it. Anyway. 
Impact Wrestling. Um, I couldn't find ratings, but that's nothing new. Uh, but the match show itself was fine, actually. Uh, Jordan Grace and Masha Slamovich had a fun match. Good action, good showcase for an awesome division. Impact just has the most solid women's division. Well, right yeah, now. now you have Trinity. Yeah, now you have Trinity in there, and actually, I think that's really going to help them quite a bit. Um, Steve Macklin's segment was fine. PCO is getting some good momentum, and him beating... Um, uh, Champagne Singh. It was fine. I thought you made a mistake um, about Champagne Singh, but nope, that's his name. I didn't even know that. Um, you know, I just think, you know, PCO just needs to start winning more matches like this, really build that momentum towards Under Siege, and I have confidence that they will make him look like a credible threat to Macklin. Right. But, you know, Macklin's going to win because they really need him to do so. Uh, Johnny Swinger and this, it was essentially Ziggy Dice and the mask was an absolute nothing. There's nothing to go into it. ABC versus the design was a fine match. Um, I wish the match had a little more focus because Callahan attacked Diener, and that's the rivalry with the design. Mm -hmm. And I'm also not the biggest of fans of the champions being in non-title matches. It just kind of waters them down overall. Uh, Jody Threat and oh, I can't even remember her first name. It was um, Sparks. Was once again a decent showcase. Threat isn't clicking with me personally, but she is getting crowd reaction, so maybe I'm just missing something. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo and Taylor Wilde had a title match. It was a fun main event, but it just seemed kind of random. Yep. Taylor Wilde is one and a half of the tag team champions. She never really showed the interest of her going for the women's champion. I could be wrong, but I'm probably not because I'm Tiger Height. But the match itself was fun. Uh, it was in Toronto. That's yeah. where she's from, so maybe that's why. But, you know, vanity is vanity. Now let's go into our first one, which is the first night of the draft. 2.298 million viewers. This is an official. Uh, next to 2.088. Obviously, everyone's watching the draft. Yes. Uh, a 0.61 demo instead of a 0.49. This show actually surpassed the NFL draft by demo. Yep. This one actually had more demo than the NFL draft. Same night. Oh, there Which I we go. Was crazy. Um, but there you go. Uh, the draft is very interesting so far. There were a lot of good picks, and I think it's really going to shape up nicely. I have confidence in it. They were doing some intermittent throughout. So, like JD McDonough, Zoe Star. Right. Um, and I think there's another NXT wrestler that's going to Raw. I didn't see anything with SmackDown, but SmackDown got a lot of faction stuff. Mm -hmm. So, Raw needs to start. Uh, bolstering their roster a bit more. Uh, the one thing that I did not like was the free agent roster that they have going Oh, I don't right like now. that either. That's kind of weird. It's so bizarre. It's like, w then what is the point of the draft if you're going to have this free agent roster right. where they can show up anywhere? They're eventually, they're going to be assigned to a show, so just assign them to a show. Right, just assign them to... It's fine. Like, Pick it up from there. You have the people for it. Right. So it was. I'm excited for it, but there's just some discrepancies mm -hmm. there um, that I'm not a big fan of. Uh, Butch versus LA Knight was a good match. The crowd reaction was awesome for this match, too. I am hyped for it. And LA Knight won, which he desperately needed yep. to win. The Triple Threat Tag Team match was a decent showcase for the tag teams. They were um, focused on the Street Profits because they were drafted to SmackDown right before this match. Uh, the one... Match in one match in one segment, Zelina Vega looks like a credible threat for the SmackDown Women's Champion. Not only did she win the match, 
decisively. But she hit a DDT on Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley looking nervous. People lost their minds, too. So they're actually putting Zelina Vega in a good spot right now. Mm -hmm. Don't screw it up yet. Uh, yet. We know that she's not going to win, but make her look credible yep. and a possible threat to the title, and you're always going to dig it. You right. know? And I dig it. Um, good to see the OC back in a new environment. I think this is what they desperately needed. Yep. Um, I don't like that Mia Chin went back to the OC because she hasn't interacted with the OC since AJ's injury. And I don't like that Carl Anderson and Lou Gallows are not on television if AJ Styles is not on television. Right. They are a credible tag team. They were the good brothers. Um, so uh, I wasn't a big fan of the Viking Raiders being squashed, though. Overall, the unspeeded tag team champion match was good. Where it goes, I don't know, but I'm excited. But at the same time, I hope that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens go somewhere else and do something else. Because mm -hmm. now it looks like that there will be a conflict within the bloodline yeah. itself. Because when Roman was drafted, it was Roman, Solo, and Paul, right. but not, not, the not the Usos. Not the Usos, right. So that's going to be very interesting. I think the Usos are going to stay on SmackDown, yeah. but it looks like that they're going to be transitioning into something new. Right. And overall, I'm digging it. Oh, Rampage, Rampage, Rampage. Hooray! Yeah, yeah, well, um, the Bullet Club Gold and then uh, Ricky Starks and Sean Spears, it was a fun opener and at the end of the day was the best match of the show. Um, Bullet Club Gold feels like nothing, though, because Jay White was literally kicked out of Bullet Club by the new leader of Bullet Club, if I am not mistaken, yep. David Finlay, who is the new leader of Bullet Club. So why is Jay White still representing Bullet Club? I don't know. How does that make any sense to anybody with a brain? I have no idea. But I guess it's a new faction. They want Bullet Club somewhere on there. It's yeah. whatever. Yeah. I do like the whole Juice Robinson and Ricky Starks thing. Mm. Have them brawl more. I want to see more of it. I want to see possible no disqualification because I think that would be actually a good match. Uh, naturally Limitless. Works well as a team. I can run with it. I wasn't a big fan of it at first. Keith Lee looks fucking awful, but him and Dustin actually do have some chemistry mm -hmm. that I can dig. Is it tag team champion? No. If they get the right crowd reaction, then maybe. Maybe high profile, but they want to continue with Swerve in the embassy, and I'm like, uh, who cares? Right. You know? Uh, Anna Jay and Ashley DeMauro, or whatever her name is. Uh, it was a nothing, and then the brawl between Anna Jay and Julia Hart was a meh, because once again, heel versus heel, Tony can't book that, so it was naturally stupid. Uh, the acclaimed and Daddy Ass's match was an absolute nothing, because somehow Tony Khan screwed up the acclaimed. One of the hottest prospects, one of the hottest tag teams in yep. all of AEW, the biggest crowd reactions, they killed it. Like, nobody cares about the acclaimed at this nope. point. And I think it's because of their popularity. They made the enemies out of the wrong people. This is Zack Ryder circa 2013 all over again, mm -hmm. people. Like, seriously. And I think it's patently obvious. Yep. Uh, Jay Lethal and Cash Wheeler. Uh, it was pretty much the same exact thing as what you saw on Dynamite. So and it was a nothing. Jay, Jay Lethal, Jay Lethal won. Because, once again, FTR being punished for being FTR. Right. And because they don't fit the status quo of the AW fans, they're going to get buried for the next four years. You think that the Revival were buried when they were called up to the main roster the first time? Tony Khan is saying, hold my 
Hold my crack. <laughs> so there you Hold go. Hold my crack. <laughs> because he's he's about to screw these kids. So that is my soapbox. Pina Gallery, do you have anything to add as it relates to the show nope. that you heard, anything like that? Nope. Okay, so when we come back, we're going into Pina Gallery segment and the primary segment of the show. So we'll be right back.
All right, we are back. Peanut Gallery, I'm going to have the floor for you. Yeah, Go well, let's, uh, let's get started with this. So let's talk a little bit about championships in the professional wrestling industry. And there seems to be a theme over the past year or so, I mean, maybe even less than a year, depending on the promotion, where they just keep adding fucking titles. With, far, with, 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 far beyond what we would typically associate with, with championships. Um, I understand that there is a little bit of growth in terms of the roster sizes, which is fine, but I don't think that the number of championships should be increasing at the rate that it is increasing. And I, I feel like it ruins a lot of the prestige of, of what, what it means to become a champion. You know, if everyone's a champion, then what's the point? I think it depends on where it is. So in this example, for Strong, they have established roster, and they are introducing women into that roster. They have to fight for something. But here's the thing, though, is that New Japan Strong is not... The, the, a lot of the people who consist of the strong roster are signed to other companies. So I don't see New Japan Strong as a separate entity or a brand that is apart from... They are, to me, they are the NXT to the New Japan. But they're not. They're, 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 the, they're the American version of New Japan. New Japan is trying to compete in America, and this is what they're doing. Now, is it going to work? No, but they are introducing it. I know. But it brings up, but again, my point being is that how many titles is too many titles? <laughs> I, think it's a, I think it's a fair assessment. Um, so it's just, there's, there's just this proliferation, and I think it's worth mentioning because I think that people are going to start getting title fatigue. From, from this, and, and especially in, in New Japan's case, they just introduced their first women's title late last year, and they're already introducing another women's championship. In addition to all of the championships that, are, that they are promoting actively um, with their partnership, to, with, their partnership stardom. with Stardom. So it's, it's one of those situations where it's like, well, how many titles can you possibly give <laughs> in one roster? I mean, I, like I said, I understand that, but I think in this context, it is different because the travel from Japan, even still today, is still kind of weird. Because, I mean, they're just, they're just lifting the mask but, mandate but, in right. stadiums. They're but, just doing it tomorrow. My, my, but my point... My point is that this seems like it is too rushed. You have four superstars, only one of which is an actual American superstar that can identify with the audience here going for a championship, and then what? The, the IWGP Women's Championship, is it started off pretty okay, but now it's going into territory of unfamiliarity. Because we had Kyrie, we had Mercedes, and now it's... I don't know. Mayu Iwatami. Right. And, and, and who knows who that person is? I mean, well, if you're trying to introduce this to an American audience, have superstars that are familiar to an American audience. Do you think Mercedes should have had the um, women's champion longer instead of dropping it to Iwatami that quickly? Yes, she should have. Um, I understand that the contract issues were there. 
but I think that the New Japan Strong Women's Championship is being introduced at a point in time to where maybe the majority of the audience would not be as familiar with the majority of the people who are going for this championship. Fair, fair enough. Because I don't see a lot of people coming from other brands to fight for this championship. Well, we don't know that yet. We don't. Maybe, maybe they're over-egging the pudding. Yes, and that's... Well, we don't, we don't know right. because the women's division within New Japan is still very new. I know. And see, again, that... they only have like three people again, signed. Right, and again, that is where my concern lies. And now you're introducing a second championship for the women's roster? Like, why? <laughs> but they're going to be introducing a bunch of new titles to the um, Tamashi, which is the oceanic right. part of the brand. Right. So is that going to be is that gonna be another issue? Or is it because it's in a different part of the world that it's actually going to be okay? It's, it's going to be okay if it's a different part of the world. Um, I think that, well, again, okay, so here's the thing. Strong, strong is an established sub-brand of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah. So it makes sense for them to have a strong... They started with the Openweight Championship, mm -hmm. and then they moved on to the Tag Team Championship, but the roster is pretty significant for Strong specifically. I see what you're saying. So if New Japan Strong signed a bunch of women and established a roster with at least five then a yeah. women's champion to be established is fine. But the thing is that obviously Strong's championships surpass that. They have impact wrestlers go for yep. and hold them. And I think that's still and see, good because, and see, it, because that's still American right. audiences getting exposed right. to this. And, but see, I think that there's a difference with this women's championship. If you only have four viable contenders you're bringing over, one of whom is only one of whom is actually going to be familiar with American audiences, you should have put more impacts, you should have put more AEW women in this tournament in order to make it seem like maybe, maybe have a maybe have an actual tournament. Yep. I don't I don't think these women actually competed for this spot viably. I no, think they it was they just were just given together. it. Yep. Right. So uh, that's just one example of of where I think New Japan is Doing a little, they're they're going a little gung ho with championship creation because they've mm -hmm. also they they created like three or four new titles in the last year. I'm just like, how many titles do you need? Right. Yeah, no, they <laughs> they created the KOPW champion. Yep. Like they have I the television champion. Tele I forgot about the television champion. Um, they have yeah, and 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 then they have the now they have the women's champion, the strong women's champion, and IWGP women's champion were still, both you, created in the last year. And you still have not brought up the Oceanica paper, the Oceanic side I, of it. Because Right. They have a they have a they have a whole other roster of people over right. there. Right, but there are only like six or seven people on that roster. Right now, um, right they now, they literally introduced I think earlier this month. Yeah, so um, they're not introducing titles just yet, but I know that they're probably preparing for that inevitability. Yeah, which is fine. Again, different roster, different brand, but I don't think that the strong women's championship makes a lot of sense at this point in time. I can agree with that, but let's talk about the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. So let's talk about this. Obviously, a lot of people have said that this seems like a consolation prize um, to the undisputed Universal Championship. The only thing that I can say would make this champion more viable is if you put the World Heavyweight Championship's history onto this belt once it is introduced and separate it away from the WWE Championship. 
The WWE Universal Championship, number one, should only consist of one belt at this point. If they're just going to merge them, they're just going to merge them. Um, and keep keep the black strap, obviously, and drop the Universal part of the name. And then they should also... They should also give the World Heavyweight Championship lineage to this belt in order to establish its credibility. Because as of right now, the Undisputed Universal... I mean, the WWE and the Universal Champion are still technically two different belts. Right. And I agree with you on that. But at the same time, I explained this earlier that WWE has done this already with right. the Undisputed Champion from 2002 when they reintroduced the World Heavyweight right. Champion to Raw. Right. Where they just gave it to Triple H. At least with this, there was going to be a tournament where the Knight of Champions is going to be the right. first champion. Right. But um, in order to establish, like I said, in order to establish its credibility, it should be given that lineage from 2002 to 2011, I think, is when they did the initial merger, right? Yes. They should do that. I think so too. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen. Like I said, it just feels a little. It feels a little well, keep new. In, well, <laughs> okay, I, I will say, keep in mind too that the Raw or the WWE Women's Champion, when they reintroduced that belt, did not have the lineage from the old Women's Champion. No, they did not. It was a brand new Women's Champion. Same right. thing with the Cruiserweight. It's not about the history. It's how you present this champion. Right. But and see, I have, I have confidence that WWE, right. this was the right call. Within, like, within the context of Roman Reigns, though, it just seems a little... I don't know. It's like... Roman, the Roman Reigns one is hard because the WWE champion never stopped. Right. They never stopped the WWE. They renamed it, but there was never a champion that surpassed it. This championship retired right. and is being brought back. It's not about what it was. It's about what it's right. going to be. And if they put the right people in this tournament to put people you know and have the right people right. go for this title we said the same thing about the universal champion right. when that was introduced it was okay well this is a brand new champion how are they gonna do it and but it wasn't off strong but it didn't seem like a consolation prize with the fact that roman reigns hold both current world champions as it is it was just a matter of oh the roster was split, and the WWE champion was assigned to one brand, so we need a world champion for the other brand. In this case, there are already two world champions. Right. If you want to be technical, there are still two world champions. But They're Roman, being Roman held Reigns. by one person. Yeah, but Reigns has never separately defended these champions since that WrestleMania that he won no. both of them. No, but again... They're still counting it as two separate titles. I, I can see, I can see your argument because it's like, okay, well, this is a third world champion right. within WWE. I feel like because I don't know when Reigns is coming back. I'm going to assume Night of Champions, unless they drop the Universal Champion on the same night as the finals of the World Heavyweight Champion tournament. Then that would the, right. That's ending. Then. This entire conversation is moot, right? Because then I just don't know that they're going to do that, though. Well, if they're if they're introducing this champion, clearly, the universal champion is one title. It's not it's not by name, but it's clear. It's an unspoken duh. Right, but again, if they're counting up two separate titles, that makes it okay. That's kind of a third wheel sort of situation, right? I have, I have faith that WWE will do it right. They, they've done this before. I know, I know. But again, just 
looking at the context, it just it's a little concerning. So, well, hold on, hang on. Here's another one. When they did the Undisputed Champion the first time, when they combined the WCW World Heavyweight Champion mm -hmm. and the WWF World Heavyweight Champion, were those two champions still with two different lineages? No, they going were not. Forward? Uh, uh, they were not. Because I know they same did. same thing with the merger in 2011 as well. When they when they did the title unification match, because it was a title unification match that night, the World Heavyweight Championship ceased to exist. But they had. They, they still had the, had the physical belts, but the lineage ceased to exist. I see. So in this case, the lineage has not ceased to exist. Unless they are going to quietly do it out of nowhere, but you can't retroactively do it either. No. You have to continue with the reigns until you officially stop it, and I think they're going to do that at Night of. Champions. I hope so, because otherwise it would be kind of awkward to have three world titles. It would. It absolutely would. So let's, right. let's go into another example of this, but they just went way overboard yeah. with how they're doing it, and that so, is the NWA. Yeah, so let's talk about this. NWA, obviously, their roster is... is it, it's, it's growing, but their championship list is growing, I think, way too quickly. Well, okay, they... They brought back the NWA Women's Television Champion. Number one, mm -hmm. I don't even think there was a Women's Television Champion. But also number two, that is the champion. It's a trophy. Right, they haven't the even made the belt. Made. Right, they haven't even made the belt yet. Because the, with the United States Tag Team Champions, they already had two different versions of that. Right. So they had the original, which was the original United States, and then they had the Detroit version, which was made by Corrigan. But they also have... To mid champions, they have now this is their third women's champion on right. the roster, and they're their second singles because they have the women's tag team. So you have two tag team titles. You have two. You have th they have three tag team champions. Yeah, they have they have the world heavyweight, the United States, and the women's. Right, and then they have two singles women's champions. They have three lower card non world title champions. In, in the uh, national, the television, and, and the, the light heavyweight. Junior heavyweight. Or whatever. And then you got the heavyweight champion. But, you know, while, while the roster is extensive and they use a lot of independent scenes. Which, which, which people, I absolutely love. Right. I absolutely love that they do that. Right. It just seems a little too much. I agree. And, with you. and I also, you know, they also defend other belts from other promotions on NWA properties as well. So why have all these championships? When was the last time that they did that? I thought they did that the anniversary show last year, or not the anniversary show. It was the anniversary show the, the show in uh, the show in uh, uh, Nashville, the Asylum? They had like some local tag team champion. Oh, that's right. They had the pre-show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the last time that I saw that. And that right. was, like last year. Yeah. So, um, you know, they do that from time to time as well. And I, I know that they've done it on power before as well. So. I think I think the introduction of the amount of champions is a bit ridiculous. But every time that they actually do that, it actually makes a oh, little sense. Oh, you're not. No, Ryan, Pete Gallery. There are four non-world champion singles. In, What's the fourth for the one? You have the television, the national, uh, the television. The, uh, were you counting the television? I was counting the television. Oh, okay, never mind. I don't yeah, know where it was my three. brain went. Yeah. So, um, anyways, again, there's a little overboard, but um, I see you have a couple of other pictures as well, a couple of other examples, perhaps. Oh, no, no, no. Um, so, I only had the three. Oh, but you only had I the did, three. But, but there are a couple of other um, rosters that don't do this, and it just came to me, and that's CMLL. Mm -hmm. So, CMLL has regional, historic, mm -hmm. and national champions. I think right now they have actively like 27 titles. Mm -hmm. 
like from all of those right for no reason well i i mean i'm not so familiar with like lucha libre and the historicness of right this, but it's just it talks about overboard. It, it seems like a lot and i think a lot of it was inherited Yes, uh, the NWA historic champions were inherited. I think some of the regionals were mm -hmm. um, inherited from when they did those. Mm -hmm. But you just don't see them defended. I just right. don't know what they're doing because really they, they only wrestle in Arena Mexico and maybe some house shows. Right, and see, that's the other issue that you come up with too. If you have too many titles then how how do you defend them? Because if every tag team has their own champion, then it's like, what's the point? Right, well, and even like... Uh, even like a roster division that has this, like with tag teams, unless there is a hierarchy of certain tag teams, right. it doesn't make sense because you have main eventers. Tag teams are their own division. Unless right. you have like a subdivision tag team list, right. which I've never heard a promotion do ever, mm -hmm. it just doesn't make sense. Right, because then you lose a hierarchy as well. Right, you lose a hierarchy. When you bring in the... United States and the world, yeah, you know, you have two worlds, you have the, the one that's named world, but which one has better matches? Which one is defended more? Which one feels more important on right. television? Right. Now, NWA is actually fairly good about keeping that structured, where, uh, you know, Camille feels like the world champion, right. and when you go after the world champion, it feels like the world champion. Right. And at least they keep that hierarchy. Yeah. But I see what you're saying. It's like, man, are you just going to give people just championships? Consolation right. champions? Talk about consolation price right. here. You know, they don't want to take the title off of Camille, but it's like, well, who can also wrestle? Let's just give them a trophy. Right. And so, you know, that's why. My... Why don't even bother introducing a new championship unless there is a title. Right. And, and that's kind of where I'm at. You know, they did the same thing, I think, with the uh, TBS champion as well. But TBS champion is kind of given a life of its own. Um, Barely. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, give it for what it is. I mean, Jade Cargill is, is doing okay with it. So She hasn't lost a match, and her matches have been crap. So yeah. I mean, so, um, but, you know, that, that aside, um, you know, when you have a, a roster – and, and championships, you expect the championship to kind of be in a position where multiple people can go for it. So, I mean, another example is the Impact Women's Tag Team Champions. At the time, it was okay because there seemed to be a lot of people, but now the roster is much smaller so it doesn't seem like there's enough contention to go around. And right. I feel the same way with the NWA and their women's division. There just isn't enough to go around. And I fear the same thing with the strong women's division. Is there going to be enough people on the roster that are credible enough that look like they can go? Right. Where you can see there is some progression going on. Right. But we don't know that one yet. No, we don't. But that is my fear. And, and that's something I really wanted to bring to people's can, attention because can, it is very important. With, with, the, with the other two examples, I can at least give some credence that there is an established division where people can go for these champions. People can go for the trophy. People can will go for this title because there are main eventers on Raw. Yeah. And if they're going to keep them exclusive, then obviously the people on Raw can't face Reigns right. anymore. So. Right. 
So, you know, where where do we go from here with all these titles? <laughs> I mean, I mean, there, there's going to be a bubble. Something we'll have to give yeah. at some point in time. I think WWE right now is structuring it the best. And I just think, I mean, it, this has always been a complaint about the NWA just bringing yeah. in all of these nostalgia champions. Like, no, there was meaning behind these. Right. It's like, oh. Uh, you have the United States uh, Tag Team Champions. Yeah, but they were not defended with the world. They were like their own separate thing going on right. because there were territories where it's like, oh, the United States Heavyweight Tag Team Champions are, you know, in right. um, in California and that area. Yeah, so, so um, that's all I've got for my topic. Um, but what are we doing next week? So next week we have a double whammy. We're going to get back to our pay-per-views. It's going to be Wrestling Don't Taku because that show is on Wednesday, which is great. Mm -hmm. And then we have Backlash. Yep. So we're going to be covering those. We're going to go back on my soapbox, and we'll figure it out from there. Yep. So if you did enjoy this video or this um, podcast, remember to like, follow, leave a rating, subscribe to the channel, follow the channel, wherever you're listening or watching this on, become a patron. All the links to everything are either next to me or down below in the description. And as always, be majestic.